Merry Christmas, heathens. Merry Christmas, heathens. <laughs> Are you allowed to say Merry Christmas on the Heathen Podcast? Isn't I mean, there a war against that shit? Yeah, you mm. know, like we we don't we don't do Starbucks cups. Happy because... holidays. <laughs> Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. And I'm Karen Thurston. Welcome to Heathen. Um, this is our 50th episode. 50th episode! Yeah, that 50. That was the best fake surprise I could do, as though I did not know that that's why we are gathered here today to celebrate our 50th episode. You should win an award for that. 50?! <laughs> I'm 50. Wow, where has the time gone? Where has the time gone? See, now, now, now the sound is like really there. Yeah, well. I think it's because when I ask Karen Thurston to do (laughs) mic checks. (laughs) She doesn't do. She doesn't really do mic checks. She just keeps talking like this. I like to keep you on your toes. (laughs) I mean, what fun would it be if you knew exactly what was going to happen when I started speaking into my microphone? Zero fun. Right. There would be absolutely no fun What'd whatsoever. You do? Just like focus on what you're going to say. But there would be predictability and consistency <laughs> and <laughs> things that are helpful to the production of a I podcast. I don't know why you feel like that would be helpful. That I just, don't know. That's I don't know why make either. It stale. I hear stale. St- I hear boring. I hear stick in the mud. Um, yeah. Listen, it's fine. So 50 episodes of That's Heathen. That's a big deal of like to do 50 episodes of anything. That's like, a really big deal to do anything 50 times is actually like, sort of a yeah, thing to like, do 50 push-ups to do 50 like watch 50 episodes of a tv show right? in a row yeah these things are big deals <laughs> <laughs> like i went immediately from like oh no no exercise let's go to couch potato please <laughs> it's not balance it's harmony yeah, yeah yeah i'm trying to figure out actually i'm looking at our website right now because i was trying to figure out how many episodes i've done of heathen because i haven't actually done mm. You, this is your 50th anniversary. No, it's not, because there have been episodes where... <gasps> That's true. You have been the sole host. This is a group project, it so is. this is really just Heathen's 50th anniversary. Neither of us can actually say we've done this 50 times Correct. yet, but we're almost there. Yeah. Like, this reminds me of a thing that um, is in the book Belonging, which... Have you finished the book? Yes. Okay, so you're ahead of me. <laughs> I skipped ahead of all y'all, because I was like, this book is great. I don't know why we're only reading a chapter oh, a week. Oh, it's so good. There's a book... Um, called Belonging. It's it is life. It by, is it everything. Is life. It is so good. Tokopa Turner. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of been consuming our little circle of friends here in the past several months. And um, Karen apparently has jumped the gun. But whatever. It's fine. <laughs> You're just God a faster reader. Karen. Yeah. Um, and she, t- she speaks of, um, we were just discussing it today, actually, which is why it's top of mind for me. Uh, leadership and the reciprocity of leadership within a a small community of Mm -hmm. of people who are doing life together and how leadership is not um a person it is leadership is the community and and we she looks at it as a circle and the and how it passes the role of leader can pass from person to person depending on the needs of the group at the time depending on um 
the where where individuals in the group are so mm. if a person is in a place where they have the capacity to kind of step forward and they also like are able to recognize needs in other people and be like this is my time like mm. i'm gonna step out this has nothing to do with us recording 50 episodes other than it just jogged my memory <laughs> i'm when waiting you said, for like, the jump i'm like and no no, no just no. just that like just i mean this. i don't know heathen is I think I think we've been unintentionally practicing that type of leadership mm-hmm. completely just in this community yeah. alone. And even with the guests that we bring in, it's like sometimes we we take a more like hands on interview, like we're going to mm-hmm. draw something out of somebody. We know we want to talk about something. And other times right. it's like <laughs> this person has come into our world to lead us into a conversation that is that we didn't even know we needed. Right. Right. Yeah, so. and went a completely, like, completely different direction than we ever would have possibly mm-hmm. anticipated. Totally. Actually, in that same chapter of that book, this is also, like, the second to last chapter of the book, so spoilers, mm-hmm. but it's fine. Um, It's not, like, a continuous story. No, not You're all fine. You'll be fine. Um, But she also talks about, I found the part about eldership mm. in there particularly compelling. Very. And she says a thing. Uh, she says that, like, most people a lot of people in our culture like get to their 50s and then kind of have this midlife crisis and start actually doing this work of unpacking. So for our 50th episode, um, I would like to say congratulations if you're here like before 50, like you've, you've already begun doing some of this work. And she talks about how you can start preparing to be an elder. And mm. we really, we're lacking eldership in our communities. And like she defines elder as like a person who is committed to the well-being of the group and to passing along wisdom and to uh, kind of guiding the youngers as they're coming up. And she's like, you can start preparing for being an elder long before you're an elder if you start doing that work of unpacking. And I was like, man, our community is fucking lined up to be compelling elders by the time that the next generation is ready to have some eldership. Like, y'all are doing the work Mm -hmm. all of the time and like diving in and figuring out who you are and figuring out what you believe in this incredibly real and like urgent way. Mm. And I think that that's, um, I think that that's a really interesting hallmark of this moment in time in this generation, like with the internet in the last 10 years, sort of opening up all this information. I think we're at just this really interesting point of just a lot of us, are kind of hitting that crisis place earlier. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's, I feel like that, I mean, I could be completely wrong on that, but it feels to me like that's coming <laughs> earlier for a lot of people. I have listen, no statistics to back this up. Listen, I feel old. That's yeah, right? That's the bottom line. <laughs> I feel like I could fill the role of right. elder right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, um, I, we, we talked a lot about this as well in, in our little, our little book group this morning. And, and, for me, it's such an interesting word, elder, because that is the, in our, in my church world growing up, that was the um, highest uh, form of, mm, mm-hmm. of recognized leadership right. in, yeah. a, in, a, in the way we gathered. We didn't have and pastor. We didn't have husband of one wife. And he oh, yeah. We had all, all the, all the yep. stipulations. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about on this podcast before how my papa refused to be an elder <laughs> because one of those uh 
stipulations it, in scripture is, uh, and he, you know, he's the father of children. Are, yeah. Children who dwell upon him. Blah, basically. Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Children behave and, and do, do, do his name good. And yeah. um, so that was, that was my Whoops. papa's way of shading, shading his <laughs> own kids by saying, I, I cannot be an elder at our church because of y'all. Sick burn. Y'all hooligans and your shenanigans are preventing me. Yep. From stepping into this so role. So is shame a part of your upbringing at all? You know, uh, uh, wow, I've never, thank you for asking me that question, <laughs> Karen. I have never thought about it before, but oh my gosh, what a revelation. Wowie, wow. Um, shame is bad. <laughs> but yeah, elder was a big deal growing up. And, and, you know, there was certainly the expectation, I think, on me that, you know, that would be a thing I, I did right. one day because obviously I was going to stick around and, <laughs> and be an elder and, and yeah, do everything at Asheville Gospel Chapel for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, not start a podcast called Heathen. No, I'm, you have. Listen, I'm the elder. Not of, brought honor to us all. Heathens. <laughs> are we going to sing now? <laughs> I can't wait for the live action. I know, but it's we're going to have to make it a musical, even though it's not. I think they're doing, I don't know. It's not, they're There's, not doing a musical. I'm pretty sure it's not a musical, but I think they're doing. In like, the trailer, like for sure. Bits of the music. Yeah. So, the yeah. song, the I'll make a man out of you. Like the song was in the trailer. Yeah. But like just the, like the I think orchestration. The, right. Which I think is what they're they've done is they've they've created like a disney yeah don't fuck up a good thing i know it's really you've already sad. fucked up a lot of good things i know it's lion really king sad. i'm sorry i'm sorry if you loved lion king but i didn't even see it don't yeah don't I don't want to but you know what i hear is a really great frozen 2 <laughs> i can't wait to see frozen i'm really two. excited about Kristoff's like 80s Hi. 80s ballad in the woods and like i haven't seen it but i've read a bunch of stuff about it because all of my friends on facebook are parents of small children mm-hmm. so like what are you talking about oh my god frozen too yeah but um, i'm also married to you know the, <laughs> to your husband the equivalent of a 16 year old girl so or no like 13 year old girl so i also know about frozen too because christopher is <laughs> christopher and fable read the same books yes um but I love the idea of... That sounded really creepy, by the way. It did <laughs> sound really... Just, for the record... I, my husband is only five years younger than me. Adult, adult male. Adult man. <laughs> right? Fully made his own decision. I did not... There is no 13-year-old girl. That. that. was a metaphor. Okay. It was a silly joke. But Moving he does on. like unicorns and glitter. Yes, he um, But I love the idea in Frozen 2, because now this is very important to talk about. But I love, I love this idea of Kristoff having a, a, a love ballad where he's just like singing a song about how much he loves someone, not about his ambition, not about like Mm. what he's got to achieve in order to impress, impress the girl Mm. or like not, you know, whatever. I'm going to win her by doing this, that or the other thing, but just like a straight up I'm in love with you song Mm. in the woods. That seems unprecedented to me in cartoon history. How interesting. And just the idea of that being something that's witnessed by young boys and little kids in general is just like, here's a grown ass adult man singing his heart out in the forest about how in love he is with this girl and how afraid he is of losing her and like all that stuff and just having feelings and just Mm. like having feelings and isn't that a wonderful just a dude and his feelings in the woods just like what an idea yeah 
Hey, he's just emoting. Let's be let's let's give credit where it's due though, because Prince Philip, I seem to recall a scene mm. where he was just a dude in in the woods with feelings. Is That's that true? Prince Philip. Oh no, wait, no, that was Aurora. She sang that song. She was in this in the woods singing. I wonder why each little bird and something to sing to. That was yeah, that yeah. was her. Sorry, right. but he comes in and he's he there hears creeping her. around. Yeah, oh, yeah. he like, was creeping. He's creeping around in the woods and he sees a pretty girl and then he has to go like slay a dragon and shit because okay, so that's what boys have to do. No, we'll give credit. My to understanding, Frozen. and I haven't seen it yet. My understanding is that Kristoff's pretty much entire role in this movie is like as love interest, which which is a role that typically has gone to to the girl, a right? Female. So and like he's just like, well, what can I do for you, Anna? How can I support you? How can I help you while you fight mm. the battles and win the wars? Mm. And that's just delightful. It's a delightful thing. Hi, cat. I have a cat who would like to be yeah. on the podcast, but doesn't make sounds. I don't so. know. I don't know if um, I- I'm going to be sexist about this because I don't know if men are strong enough to play that role. <laughs> to play the role of just yeah it just don't see it believable as believable mm, it is rough <laughs> it is rough i wrote out today on on facebook did you see my list of no. holiday i girl I, wrote, I am not on facebook good. let's just get good that job. clear That's i get great. on there to do like heathen stuff and girl boy stuff yeah. and i hate that social media platform so yeah. much anymore oh it's a goddamn mess but <sighs> i wrote out a i wrote out a, a christmas gift for my friends and family, I guess a holiday gift today. That is the the holiday emotional labor checklist. So I wrote out like, hello, are you in a partnership where you enjoy the idea of like sharing responsibility of the emotional burden of your partnership in life 100-100 with each other? <gasps> if so, read over this handy dandy checklist. And if you don't know the answers to some of these questions, it might be time to check in with your partner about sharing some of the burden. And oh, then I just like, like listed. What's a, yeah, what's a question? What's an example? Uh, so like the first one is... Uh, who do you still need to get holiday gifts for? Oh wow! And it's like very practical. Yeah, who's who's still but on that list? things you might not talk about. How's your gift? How's your budget going? What are the gifts being wrapped in? <laughs> are they wrapped? When are they being wrapped? Stocking Don't, stuffers. Uh, yeah. Is that done? Don't assume this shit's all being handled by your partner. By your partner, or like. If people are coming to visit you, what are the hospitality needs? What needs to be done before they come and stay? What will they eat? Yeah. What are you feeding them? Is there or laundry? Or don't assume that you have that you are the partner who has to handle right. all of this. Like stuff so, either. it's just a whole thing, and the idea is to just sit down and like go through this list and be like, hey, so like to go through it and go, oh, I don't actually know the answers, or like what's my what are our holiday travel plans? When are you supposed to be where? Is your partner feeling anxious about any sort of family dynamics this year? Who are those people? Are they aware of needs? Or what's the weight of the room that they're going into? Mm. And just like checking in on these things. And if you read through that list and you go, okay, I don't actually know. It's some of them are like, when are your children's school concerts? What are they have? What do they have to wear for their school concert? When does their holiday break start? And like, if you don't know the answers to these things, do a little homework. Don't just go to your partner and be like, I need the answers to all of these lists. <laughs> or I need the answers to all of these lists. This is non-gender specific. It's all different in different places. But... Um, or somewhere in the middle. I need the answer to all the things on this list. <laughs> or be Kristoff in the woods and just sing <laughs> the list. The I list. do not know. Um, but it's a good time to sit down and be like, hey, you know, I figured some of this out. Can I champion some of these things? Can I take them on? Like, yeah. what can I do for you? Because those things are swirly. And so far, mm. it's been a lot of women jumping on there and going, oh, my God, thank you for mm. seeing me and thank you for putting this down on paper because I haven't been sleeping at night because oh, wow. I've been Jeez, yeah. thinking about all of these things. And so I don't know. It's a list. It's there. Wow. Yeah. That's um, good stuff. Emotional labor is hard because I think that 
I think that people genuinely want mm-hmm. to share the emotional labor. Mm-hmm. But I also think that especially, I, I will say specifically for evangelical women, it's something that we're conditioned to do forever. Like as a small child, you start learning to just notice these things that need to be done and to notice and to take care. And like your job is caretaker, right? Your job is to like support your man in the way that he needs to go. So to, to notice what will, will he need? What will I need to do for him? And how will I get this ready? And what will our children need? And how will we, and to attend everybody's needs. And if you haven't been raised, and this is how patriarchy takes from everybody, right? Because if you haven't been raised with that practice of having to be attentive to like, yeah. oh, I don't have any clean socks. I have to go do my laundry if clean socks just appear, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And if you're you're just cared for as opposed to having to learn that awareness, it's really hard to get in the habit of making that list, you know, to get in the habit of like noticing mm-hmm. is tricky. And I was talking to a girlfriend a couple weeks ago and we were saying like, that's the one thing that like, we as women would want partners to do is just walk into a room and just take inventory and just look around and go oh these are the things that need to be done before we can leave the house Mm. you know and just join in being the keeper of the list um because i do think especially in evangelical culture there is just a weird patriarchy in general there's a weird well disconnect yeah i mean it's not it maybe doesn't feel like the norm in culture anymore that we jump from you know mom taking care of Mm -hmm. us to uh, marriage where wife takes care of us unless you're still really evangelical in which case exactly and i'm like but but in that space right i i know plenty of people for whom that's the case who are my age now you know who are are maybe just now like learning to to do some of that emotional labor not not even do the labor recognize the labor that needs to be done right Um, which is 90 percent of the battle i know for me like just the fact that somebody else is aware of it and i'm Mm -hmm. just like okay god thank you but yeah i think well and i think too we've got a lot of people especially now in their 30s and 40s who are deconstructing who've left marriages that they got into really young and now they're like out dating not trying to do things but they've had that dynamic of that imbalance all their lives and trying to navigate that now and like figure out but it's not easy to learn like it's just a hard it's not but it's one of those things where if life affords you the opportunity to learn it i mean like i think for queer folks it's like i mean we're not we're not out there getting married (laughs) at 20 well exactly i don't know some some obviously are but by and large you're not getting married at 22 right and so you do end up having to like and it's the whole concept of chosen family and found family and right. building all of that yourself. Like there's a lot of work that goes into becoming a whole human being right. as a queer person yeah. in the world. And so I think maybe that is one area where, Hey, yay, we've got a little bit of an advantage. Cause right. I'm, I'm just, I just got married obviously. Right. So that's, that's a thing that I think Chris and I are both bring to the, the relationship, like self-sufficiency, the, yeah, mm-hmm, the ability to, yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no like, Right. expectation of who's that's the other thing about being queer it's like we don't have traditional right gender roles <laughs> it's like there's so many uh, little gold star gold stars in like queer relationships it's like this is good this yeah. wardrobe thing is really Dude, good there's so many things and, like, there's a lot of positives there's a lot of shit we had yeah. to go through to get here sure but sure hey yeah, you've we're got gonna, the we're whole gonna like, like bigotry and oppression thing on the other yeah, side yeah. but you know over here lots yeah, of lots, lots of great lots of pros hey like <laughs> so, right. no assumed assumed gender roles like just that alone takes care of so many things well like, and it necessitates more communication like you have to 
instead of just falling into an easy habitual it does and it makes you a better communicator which is good yeah that's a good thing because this shit should be talked about Uh i I think we've talked about this on the podcast too but cameron esposito one of our favorite comics her little joke routine about um i want straight people to have gay sex right yeah because there is no there's no assumption with gay sex you have to talk you have to ask top bottom like what do you like what are you going to do like like, like, what are are the things there's no go-to standard there's no standard so you have to talk and communicate about sex which makes the sex better right and and that's yeah that's a funny bit communication makes everything better this is what we've learned yes and I think that there is also in this whole dynamic we're going to talk about this now I guess but Present in this dynamic, too, is also in partnership in general, that willingness to then, like, let your partner do shit, though, when they come in to do things and they're like, I would like to help carry some of this burden. Mm. You then have to, like, let them <laughs> do that, which yeah. is hard for, like, nurtured Enneagram twos quite a bit, you know, or folks who like things done a certain way like that's tricky too and so there's a whole negotiation thing in there but there's just yeah it's a push and pull but it's a push and pull all of it that just should be talked about hence the list like here's at least some things to be aware of to discuss to have on your radar here's what is likely oh my gosh it is it's it's just a forever just this week um i i took chris to work and he was in a funk of some mm-hmm. sort, and I had no no idea why, and poked a little bit, you know, to see, like, are we in, is there anything to talk about here? But also, we were, like, in a rush, and it was right. morning, and I needed to get him to work. Right. And, um, and the goodbye was awkward, you know? And then he texted me, like, an hour later and was like, hey, like, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry for, I, as I recognize that, um, you know that I would, you know, I, I was not being communicative this morning. Here's what was going on. And there was this right. whole thing, this whole thing mm. that was happening that right. I, I had no idea about simply because, um, uh, yeah, we hadn't talked about it. And, um, oh, sorry, cat. Hi, cat. Um, I took my pill tonight for once. Oh, I've good. actually remembered. So hopefully there won't be sneezing problems, but, um, and it was just like the best text ever mm. to get because it was so representative of things that we've been working on in our relationship, things we've been talking about. It's like, let's let's communicate mm-hmm. when there's something going on. And he, he did, did he did the thing. I and I felt that. so good because I felt I felt like valued yeah. because of that. I'm like, oh my gosh, like he cares enough to know. And he recognized that that was affecting me yeah. and like he brought me into it. And, and it's a thing that I can contribute to in terms of like helping to relieve some burden and stress and anxiety for him. And it was just like the best thing mm-hmm. ever when mm-hmm. you just say it. I love you just that. say what's going on. I love it. And it's funny too, like as a, I'm a person who like it's hard for me. It's taken a long time for me to get to a place where I can just articulate a need. Like yeah. that's just it's hard. the battle of it my is hard. life. And I feel like I've gotten a little better at this point in my life, at least at being like, I think what would help me is this. If you're willing, like, this would help. It would help if mm-hmm. this. But I tell you what, even though it's awkward for me in the moment, and often in that moment, I definitely don't want him to do the thing right then. Because if I'm like, it would help me if you give me words of affirmation. And then he's like, I think you're great. I'm like, bullshit. Of course, exactly. But like, we had a thing... Um, just this, we did several shows last weekend and there'd been some things that I had talked about, about just like really wanting, 
um, to connect after we did a show together, like to feel like we were connecting and like that was something fun. Instead of like we tend to go our separate ways and like work the room or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I think I really it would really help me if you like had took a moment to connect with me before you go off and talk to everybody else and just be like, hey, great show, you know, which is feels silly, but I'm new to this. I have a lot yeah. of anxiety around it. It makes me nervous. Yeah. And he was so specific and intentional about like we got off stage and he's like, I feel so lucky that I get to do this with you and I love it and it's so much fun. And I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) but that's the best thing when someone hears you and remembers and then actually intentionally returns that to you. Like that's the work, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. And that's that feeling of being Uh, recognized. Congratulations to us for having partners who are doing the work. Who are doing the thing. And making us feel good because it's all about us, baby. It's true. And here's the thing. it's all hard anytime you have to do the work it's hard and communicating is hard and having those conversations is exhausting we talk all the time about how much easier it was when we were not like emotionally engaged in life because like image projectors right so i can go through life and just coast behind Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. avatar and Boy, was that ever easier when I was not, like, being self-reflective all the time and, like, having to do my own work and, like, get better and heal and grow Mm -hmm. when I wasn't trying to do those things. I slept so much more then, Mm. you know, and, like, I didn't cry as much, but it's so good Mm. and it's so important. Like, growth is uncomfortable. Yeah. But good. Yeah. (laughs) What did... Um, our friend Austin said um, the other night, "If you if if you want a if you want a easy life, make hard decisions. If you want, wait, am I saying this right? I don't know. <laughs> if you want a hard life, make easy decisions. If you want an easy life, make hard decisions. Oh yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And he's talking about like the in the moment stuff of like mm-hmm. I'm gonna actually prod this and like get a little uncomfortable in this because it, you know." In the end, that communication is going to make it easier on the flip side. It's, right. or it's better, whatever. How are you? I don't know if easy is the right word, but right. but if you don't, if you like avoid the hard stuff because this is going to be uncomfortable, and I want to take the easy way. Right. Then it's all going to be harder later. Right. Yeah. Your choices are basically like have a lot of small discomforts. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Or have everything pile up and then just explode. <laughs> And then burn your house down. These are the options available to you, humans. You can't avoid (laughs) the discomfort. You just can kind of choose to take it in like monthly payments (laughs) or in one lump sum. Like those are your options. And you don't get a discount with Mm -mm. lump sum. That doesn't normally work. No. Uh, It's just just what it is. Beauty and pain. You get both. Mm. You you have the thing. Here, here. Yeah. Um, Worth... I love the tangents already that we've yeah, been it's on. Fine. I <laughs> want to circle back though to eldership because this was okay. An, great, I want to find my water. Yeah, yeah. I um, uh, I don't know. Did you like so? What for you? Like what? Yeah. What was eldership? What What did that? Or just not? We don't have to call it eldership. We can talk about mentorship or just finding like the person to help guide you through the thing. Like yeah. what did that look like for you? Oh, I had my grandparents. Mmm. Like that felt um, really. Yeah, I had a, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather was my person. Mm. So he was my best friend. He was my soulmate. He was my human. Um, and he was also just absolutely my my champion in a very eldery way. Like he was, he was honest with me and mm. would 
talk sense into me when I needed it. But also he was like, when I was 11, he created a fake stock market for me and taught me how to invest in things. And like just these little, when I, the first time I wrote a poem, he took my poem and he showed it to like his friend who was a real life poet and got feedback for me and like critical Mm -hmm. review. And he was like, here are places you can get your work published. Here are things you can do. And I was like, I'm sorry. Are you taking me seriously? But he did that thing where he he was a teacher. Yeah. So and he literally was a teacher. He was a professor. Uh-huh. And he um so I think he just embodied that. I think he was an elder to a lot of people. Like yeah. I think he and he used to have these big parties at his house. He used to have kids over and play the guitar for them. Like he just was that kind of person who liked to tell stories and liked to gather people around the campfire, you know, mm-hmm. and, and tell them a life lesson story. And yeah. Um, I've heard you say he would have you speak in rhyme. He would do that too. (laughs) Yeah. And he, I mean, there are tapes. He would record me talking when I was a kid and he would like run experiments with me because he's a science guy. And he, so there are all these hours of tapes. He would just take me around the room and uh, before I could talk and point to things and just say the names of them. So lamp, you know, wine, there was no wine, Christian scientists, Um, but (laughs) plant. Uh, So my first word was clock because... He that was the thing I was wow. most interested in. So you know, man, clock. Um, and yeah, and my grandmother too. My grandmother was a quieter presence underneath him for me for most of my life. But then he passed away like about a decade before she did. So I mm. had some really good time uh, with her, where it was sort of the same thing, where she was my place. Where um, I think for me, a hallmark of an elder is somebody who is also sort of unshaken by the realities of life. Um, I feel like a lot of people, especially in some of the religious practices that we grow up in, are a bit fragile about things. So like if you come to someone and you say, you know, this thing happened, I had an affair, or I am getting divorced, or Mm -hmm. I whatever, I'm addicted to something, you know, some sort of shocking failing. And they're like, oh my gosh, and pearl clutchy. And um, it hurts me. It hurts me so much that you've done this. I can't believe, I don't even know who you are anymore. And I feel like eldership to me is sort of that Richard Rorian attitude of like, well, yeah, kid, that's life, you know? Like, you want to like go get a drink and talk about it? And like that, and just that sort of calm unruffled like of course of course you made a mistake of course you changed your mind of course things went to shit like that's just that's life and that kind of wisdom of having lived through enough of those things that they don't feel as catastrophic anymore Mm -hmm. um and to be able to give someone the gift of that sort of steady peaceful presence yeah it's a huge part so my grandmother was my person who i could tell her anything and lots of other people my other family members would be concerned about like oh don't tell grandma we don't want her to think and i'm like she's fine and i would go tell her i tell her she'd be like all right and like okay well i love you and you know you're gonna be okay and just unfazed couldn't shock her this i haven't seen this movie yet but the 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 movie the farewell with aquafina i haven't seen it either it's it's a um she plays a, a an American, but go, goes back to. Uh, sorry, I don't know if she's Korean or Chinese mm. or which mm-hmm. Asia, Asian culture she comes from. I sorry, but um, she goes back to her family's um, home, and right. the grandmother is dying. But hmm. they don't. I guess in in this culture, they don't tell. Like it's it's. <gasps> oh, common, I've heard about. Yeah, this. it's common to not tell 
the elder person that they are dying. That it's dying. just like right. let's let let's not burden them with yeah, that I've knowledge, heard the story. basically. Right. And that I, I again, I haven't seen the movie. I really want to, but I just know that that's the her character's dilemma is like she doesn't feel great about the fact right. that she's going to see her grandmother. And she knows grandma's dying, but right. she can't tell her. And like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. I, that just reminded me of what you were saying. Right. Yeah. It is strange how I feel like we have a we have a tendency to start treating our elders as children. Yeah. As they get older yeah. and to start like acting like the exact opposite is true. Because like the truth is they've lived a lot and they've done And we start to shield them mm-hmm. from things in yeah. a way that I, I find sort of detrimental to our overall well-being. Yeah. Well, so so what's coming up for me as you talk is, um, for me, the shielding was a, a safety thing for myself mm. as well, obviously. And, right. and my um, realization in, in thinking about this whole elder thing has has been to kind of acknowledge and realize that oh like this is something I def I desperately sought out mm-hmm. most of my teenage and twenties um, right. I really did I I really wanted like that like person who's been there mm-hmm. um, a guide just someone in my corner all those things uh, right. uh, and and I and I sought it out in a lot of different places with several different people but because I was in the world I was in hmm. evangelical um, and because I wanted the life that I wanted at the time, which was like being a leader in the church. Right. Um, I mean, I was only seeking that out in like very pastoral people in, in, you know, elders in the church, like literal elders. (laughs) Um, and, and then actually, you know, actual older, older people, but, but they were all in that space. And so for me, the thing I always butted up against was when I did get to the point of, sometimes I didn't even reach the point of, of revealing to them what was real about myself. Right. And that, you know, at the time I always framed it in the words of, I struggle with this. I struggle with same sex attraction. Like that was the thing that it, it always broke the whole thing. Yeah, the whole system broke down for me at that point. You didn't have lived your experience. Yeah. I didn't have that. And I also didn't have, I did like, you know, you're, you're, you're saying like, we don't, we maybe aren't giving enough credit. And I agree that we, potentially um you know the treating our elders like like they can't handle everything right i mean for me that that was actually my lived experience like they couldn't couldn't, right (laughs) they genuinely couldn't and and it always it was kind of two two one of two things would happen it would it was either they came back to me with well here is what you have to do right which was change you know be this be x whatever the thing I couldn't be. Right. Yeah. Um, so that like, so that broke down on my side of like, like I can't. Right. And I, I, I wanted to, and I tried and I, you know, I did all the things to make sure to make it happen and it just wouldn't, or they would come back and be like, uh, I can't. And I don't like, I literally had more than one person tell me, I don't right. want to talk with you about this topic. Right. So yep. don't bring that into our, into our space. Yeah. Like, so, so at, at that point, the whole relationship breaks down too because it's like, right. oh, like you don't want to know me, like right. you don't actually want to know me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so so I've I've had a lifetime of not actually having a very fulfilling like mm-hmm. mentor experience, men- mentee right. experience. Um, I've just never been able to find it. It's just never worked, right. and I that's kind of a thing I realized reading through this Tokopa um, a chapter in the book and. Um, I don't know, but it's, I'm not like super devastated or anything by it. It's, it's, but it is a thing that I'm like aware of now. And I'm like, oh geez, like yeah. that is, 
right. would still love to have that. And then on the flip side, like when I was finally out and me and like trying to learn to live into who I was, like that's not a thing that's easy to find right. in on the on the in the queer world. Like right. like it like like older gay folks who are <laughs> It's just we've all been... <laughs> We're tired. Yeah, everybody's tired. We've all been having to do this work on our own for so long. It's like, yeah. that it's just not... It's not that it's necessarily hard to find, because obviously I do have some older, like, lesbians, especially in my life, who right. who I, I can really rely on. But it's just not as built into the structure of community right. as it is in, like, church world. Like, yeah. it's expected that, like... A, a guy who's coming up in like a young worship leader at a church, like like I was praised for like seeking out some of the older pastors and like, asking them yeah. to like, will you meet with me? Can I have breakfast with you once a week? Like that kind of thing. Like that right. was like a people right. were like, oh, this guy's doing the right doing it the right way. That's right. not a thing that exists in like gay culture. It's like I can't go up to an older gay guy and be like, hi, will you just like tell me everything you know about right. like what it is to be gay? And you can obviously, but it's just not as right normalized, I guess. Yeah. So all that to say. Eldership is a thing that I feel like has, like, gotten, I just haven't gotten a, a, a good experience with it yet yeah. in my life. At the same time, what we were talking about earlier, this whole idea of, like, it, eldership doesn't have to be an age, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I love the idea <laughs> that we're in a community of people who we're all, I mean, this is where I think it works really well for me. It's, mm. it's just in my community, my day-to-day life, the people I live with, I learn from you all the time. I learn mm. from Ben and Colby and Kate and all the people who are, I just like move in and out, um, move through life with. Right. And I find times when I'm like, oh, like this is my time to step up, you know? Like yep. I have been through a thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially even just like now now having this little podcast and people, people come to us with questions right. that like, yep. I'm so, like not necessarily like vocationally qualified to answer. Yeah. <laughs> we're Is not therapists. Ever qualified for anything. I mean, I you know, like we're not, no I mean, certifications, none of that. And you, yeah, sure, sure. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, like I got some stuff to say right. say here. Like yep. I could be, I could potentially like, as long as I'm being aware and <laughs> you know, right. and 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 be giving careful. the disclaimer, like, right. hey, hey so please seek out your therapist. But also, like, here's my experience. Yep. Yeah, it's just like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. When I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm old, I mean that. Like, right. I, I mean that I, I, I can feel the life that I've li- yeah. been living. Completely. Yep. And I feel that in my body and I feel it in my, my heart and my mind as I talk to people. I'm like, oh, like, there's something here that right. for sure was, I didn't have any kind of this sense of groundedness in my 20s where right. I would have felt comfortable, like, I don't know, doling out advice or even just like yeah. having that, taking up any kind of posture with people that like says, hey, let me like, shed something on this that right. might be helpful to completely. you completely it's really cool to be in that space it is yeah absolutely i agree and it's it's funny like as you're talking i do i do recognize and i i i say often actually how unique my experience with that particular set of grandparents it's so was. great I it's love really it. great and to be fair I don't know if they did perfect unconditional love for everybody else in their lives mm-hmm. i don't think they did mm-hmm. and they they also did have their doctrine that they brought to me again and again. Sure. It just so happened that their doctrine was always you are perfect and loved. Mm. Like and that was a perfect counterpoint to everything else that was always happening. And so 
Um, but I think that the sort of attentive guidance that I got from them is exceptionally rare in our culture. Yeah. Um, and I think largely because people don't do their work. You know, mm, people are so mm, busy mm. working that they don't actually do their own emotional maturity work. So your elders aren't elders. You know, yeah. your elders are just kids that never really grew up and just kind of feel sad. I know. And your elders need so to be eldered, right? Like yeah. they need that whole thing. But it's funny. Um, I, I, I felt that that really resonated with me too. That whole, like you could start practicing to be an elder and I'm like, I'm 37, you know? And, um, I was married and divorced twice by the time I was 35 Mm -hmm. and I deconstructed in two phases religiously. And I have moved and changed communities at least three times completely in my life. And all of those are reasons, you know, the divorce twice by 35 thing sounds like a good reason to not come to me for advice on relationship but where i've landed in life now is kind of like talk to the people who fucked the thing up Mm. as well when you need advice on how to do things like yes of course (laughs) if your goal is longevity in marriage um talk to people who have achieved longevity in marriage right yeah but if like i have a lot to say about all of those things about what it looks like about marriage about the way that they can fall apart about the traps you can fall into and things that can happen and all of the different damage that can be done about uh, toxic relationships and healthy mm. relationships all different places you can be in there there's not many places that i haven't been yeah. in that conversation and i went there pretty early and before any of my friends did so i had to kind of figure some things out um and i get asked all the time People reach out to me all the time and say, hey, I'm in this situation. I feel this way. And, you know, I'm not a big advice person. I really subscribe to what Kate often says. It's just that, you know, the pe- people already know yeah. what they want to do and what they're you, going to yeah, do. And your job is to just mirror, reflect it. Be yeah. the reflection, yeah. Um, but I, I'm always the first person to know when someone is in a place where they feel like they might need to leave. And a lot of times they just need to say it out loud and then they go back yeah. and they do the work. And I'm always... You know, my my thing to everyone is always do everything that you feel like you have to do. Like, you fight as long as you feel like you need to fight. Like, don't – you do do what you – you give things the time and the attention that they deserve, you know. And then 10 years later, when you look back at this moment, you know, you future cast and you go, okay. When mm-hmm. I look back on this moment in 10 years, will I be satisfied with the amount of time and value and attention and care I gave to this moment in my life. Will I look at that and say, okay, I did all of the things mm-hmm. that I needed to do. And that's that's really the only thing. But I think that there, I think there's just something in that in for a lot of us who have kind of led these tangly little lives where we've had to really um, publicly change our minds on things. I think that's part of what does it to you. I think that's part of that quick grow upy perspective thing that happens to people is when you have to do something like come out or deconstruct your religion yeah. or get divorced or whatever like there are Topple these the patriarchy right <laughs> you gotta smash the goddamn <laughs> patriarchy but there are these moments in life that just sort of rob you yeah. of your ability to not do the work and like you know you fail publicly or you disappoint a bunch of people publicly yeah. uh and you sort of then are in a place where you're like well fuck all like i guess i have to yeah. start to do that your your choices are bottom out yeah 
or climb back up. And, and, and what we often find in those moments is like freedom for the first time. Yeah, completely. To do work mm-hmm. that maybe like the kind of work you need to do. Right. Maybe it's not respected or or even like maybe it's even like prohibited or looked down upon in the mm-hmm. in the community that you're brought up in. Like, yeah, that can be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it looks it, it can look like betrayal or feel like to the people that, mm-hmm. that, that trust you it can feel like betrayal. It can feel like um, there can be a lot of anxiety for you around it because it's like worry about your immortal soul yep. or, or just your, your well-being here and now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of resistance. Yeah. And so when you, sometimes that's the flip side of the coin of, of failing so publicly completely is that, oh, actually this isn't failure it's freedom right the minute that people stop expecting much of you yes is suddenly the moment where you're like free to do whatever you want to do Ooh, and you're yes. like oh no one has a particular box that i need to live in i can choose box I can. Mm. and there's a there's a, a real wink in that you know where you get to be all right hold my beer you know like hang on this is now the moment and i think that there is a you're right there's absolutely freedom and i think that there is a part of me that feels that sometimes in people that I know haven't had any sort of tension in their life where they've had to go like I know people who are still in like the tradition that I grew up in and it's just worked really well for them yeah. like they just have yeah, lives yeah, yeah. that like fit really well and that's great like as long as that works for you absolutely. if you are happy like whatever makes you happy absolutely I'm so for it um but every once in a while I have a conversation with someone in that vein where I feel that tension a little bit where mm-hmm. you can feel that there's this weird like slight I am kind of stuck in this lane that I have chosen. Mm -hmm. And there is a part of me that kind of goes, oh, you know, I wish that, I wish that you, I wish that we all just gave each other total freedom to choose lanes. Like, I wish that that was just a thing. I wish that there weren't these stupid straight and narrow paths. Like, I think that that's one of the most harmful ideas flying around is that there's just one good way to do a thing. For me, it's the, it's the shame sensor that goes off. It's because that's, I can, I can, I, there, you're right. There are people whose the way they are and the way they comport themselves in the world, it does. It just aligns. It's yep. compatible. It just mm-hmm. aligns. And that's totally fine. Great. Um, but, but because that's the norm, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're not as compatible, then you will be shamed, right? right. And so that yeah. for me, it's like that my little shame sensor goes off and I'm like, that's what I'm mm-hmm. getting from you mm-hmm. right now is that even from people who do well at you know, fitting in, that's that the whole great thing between fitting and belonging, right? That is it Brene talks about, right. like, if I, if I have to be who you want, who me you to want be, me to be, I'm fitting, fitting in. in. If I get to be me, then I'm belonging kind of yeah. thing. Um, it's, that's, that's a thing that, especially when you've been through the fire of, of, right. of it and come out the other side of shame, like it's real easy to spot that sometimes right. in other yep. people. And man, I see that in some people that I love and mm-hmm. I want like, Oh, I just want to like rip it apart. Right. Just like, tear apart the shame for them but it's not always that easy no it's not oh god it's not easy at all but it's beautiful to watch people get there like there's part of me that sometimes wants to say congratulations to people when they're like going through really horrible (laughs) things and i'm like yeah but like i don't want to spiritually bypass you and be like but wait because look good things coming but also like 
Oh, baby, two years. I have this theory that two years is how long it takes anything to normalize. Uh-huh. So if you do something really shocking, uh-huh. like in two years, people have moved on to the yeah. next news cycle completely, and that you're old news now. Like everybody mm. gets it. So in two years, like you're no longer the huge topic of conversation anymore, unless you do something new and exciting. Which, yeah. So you know, if you're gonna plan your scandals, two years, um, good marketing. But but there is just a, a beautiful, like yeah, when you are stripped of all of that, like. You come out the other side. I find myself now as someone who is always so afraid, so afraid of what other people would think of me. I find myself now sitting in these conversations with people who are just, it happens around heathen all the time, where people are just like, you host a podcast called Heathen. How do you live with that? Like, how do you, isn't the whole like wolves and sheep's clothing thing or false prophet thing bother you? And I'm like... I'm just... You're like, no, that's the name of the band. False Prophet. Exactly. <laughs> and I, and it, it's not even... It's not um, glib. Like, I'm, I'm not flippant about that. Mm-hmm. It's just that I am not threatened by it anymore. Yeah. And I used to be so threatened by anybody questioning whether what I was doing was the right thing or not. Mm-hmm. But now in that conversation, I'm like, yeah, I can sleep at night. You want to talk about it? Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah, Let me tell you why. Because I know exactly why. Because I've chosen this. And I've chosen it really carefully. And I've chosen it myself. And I have plenty of why. And not only do I know that I have why, but I know that my why and your why are not that different. Mm, and like, true. our whys are really the same. Yeah. And, and now, for a moment of grace with Ben Grace. Ben Grace. Welcome back to Heathen. It's so nice to have you. Hello. Hello. Um, tell us, during this Advent season, what's been top of mind for you lately? I read an Instagram post uh, from you about peace that I thought was fascinating. Yeah, I think this has been something I've been in love with for a few years. And then when you deconstruct, how do you keep doing a ritual? How do you keep on looking at these seasons and thinking about them over? But I think every year there's like another layer of the onion that pulls away. And so I think for me, Advent's my favorite season because it's about dislocation. It's about people not being in the places that they should be. You know, um, the classic Christmas story when Mary and Joseph arrive in their hometown, there's no place for them. And so I think there's that story of dislocation. So this year, that's what I'm thinking about is kind of um, the the bits where I still don't feel like I've fully arrived. Even as you fight through for your, the next thing, for the real self, the, thing, the things you're still kind of nagging at you, the things that are still kind of, um, that you haven't revealed yet. So for me, part of it was I hadn't been able to tell the story. So I'm on my Instagram, I'm just like going over the last couple of years and saying, this is kind of what happened for me because I felt like I wasn't allowed to tell that story. And I thought I have to come out and say this thing before I can move forward. And yeah, that's kind of what's on top of my mind, I think. This has been Grace with Ben Grace. So So here at the 50th episode of Heathen. 50th episode. (laughs) Um, 
I love, I like that humans, we have this like compulsion to milestone things. That we're and ceremonial as yes, fuck. That we're That's ceremonial. also in your belonging book, like ritual and ceremony. Mm-hmm. 50th It matters. Epiversary. Uh, yeah. This is straight from the book. This this whole episode should just be an ad for Tokopa. We should, oh my God, buy the book. We should tag her in it. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, I tagged her on our girl boy Instagram account. She totally like, yeah, like she liked reposted. my Instagram post one Yay. time. Yeah, she's great. Go she's tag Toko Paterno. A real she's human being in the world. Delightful. Who will interact with you. It's um, her first book and it's so good. Okay, go ahead. So good. How did it get to be so I good? I don't know. Sorry. Anyway, um, where were we? You were uh, talking about ritual and ceremony. Yeah, ritual and ceremony and how, how the actual marking of the thing like really... Mm kind of locks in you will never not be this thing again yeah it's like you've like that's what milestone is it's like an acknowledgement that like you went through this fire this event this experience whatever and you can never fully unbecome what you've become now what has been seen cannot be unseen yes Mm -hmm. right so beautiful yeah and that's what it's all about i love that i like that so i like tattoos Mm, yeah that's totally the thing still yeah um, be thou my vision. I wrong him. I was referencing. Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't <laughs> still matter. My soul. I have stayed too. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, so yeah, for, I I just I'm going back to thinking about like why he even existed in the first place, mm-hmm. which you know it came out of this place of uh, a little bit of stress and anxiety and just wandering mm-hmm. and um, insecurity around. <laughs> Uh, being able to answer the question like what do you believe Matthew like mm. you, you talk all this shit about Christianity now you're such a you're such a heathen you know you're such a uh, an apostate and a deserter um, and yet you like weirdly still go to a church and you lead music and do all this stuff and so like what do you believe what what is all this about for you and I just had had a lot of anxiety around not being able to articulate anything around that and guess what 50 episodes later you guys i have the perfect just kidding i don't like <laughs> still don't right like but but here's the beautiful difference between i think where i was when i i you know fumbled my way into podcasting um to now where we have these conversations you know mm-hmm. on the regular um like in all of the uh, coming in and out of other people's lives that this process initiated in 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 my in my world, um, it, it it's really just brought about an an ease and a peace mm. and a, a groundedness um, in learning who I am. Hmm. I think not not answering those questions like like that's not a thing i can i I still can't like give you my creed or my doctrine or my dogma and and, but that's the thing it's like i don't i don't care anymore like that's not what it's about yeah what it's about for me has been like okay like we we've talked (laughs) endlessly about the enneagram and the um incredible learning that comes from this like ancient you know personality typing system that Mm -hmm. Um, whatever is not like a scientifically sound thing necessarily. And probably is flawed in and of itself, but it's also this incredible tool that has taught me like ways to communicate better, ways to cope with things, um, where my anger comes from, where my passion comes from, like those kinds of questions. Um, we, we've interacted with people on the topic of sex so Mm -hmm. much, um, like, 
being able to unpack things that in no other space in my life have I ever felt like comfortable. And not that it was comfortable sometimes having those conversations on right. a microphone, but it just wasn't a, it wasn't a thing that ever got done in right. in my life. Unpacking right. some of those questions, talking about or, or going into trance states with like Tess when she's mm-hmm. come on and uh, brought us into um, like using using some sh- uh, shamanic practices, um, and then just even talking with folks about their books that they've written and and you know uh, I'm thinking about. Um, uh, Elizabeth uh, uh, with uh, like going like looking cells, going into the cells, cells and the science of our bodies and like how that reflects our mm-hmm. our spirituality and just there's all of it all of all of the people that this has brought me into contact with not least of all you Karen <laughs> um has just it's I've learned more about myself because I'm in community. Mm-hmm. I'm in community in a way that I wasn't before. Right. And the anxiety around those questions and the, the anxiety around, it was really anxiety about just like not knowing myself, I think. Right. And um, I just feel like I have a better handle on, you know, this person, this body that I, that mm-hmm. I live in. And then, and then the mind that, that like makes it function, you know, that controls it. Um, I, I, <sighs> there's a, the moment that I've talked about on this podcast before. Um, the first time I, I felt the absence of God mm. um, was in Canyonlands National Park. This was Thanksgiving, gosh, back in 2007, six, somewhere in there. The aughts. The aughts. <laughs> And, and, and it was being, I went to Canyonlands, Canyonlands National Park for the first time and this gorgeous desert landscape that's been carved by water over millennia and billions mm-hmm. of years. And, um, and we just happen to be alive in this moment when it looks the way it does right now because yeah. water and wind and time will continue to do its work and eventually it'll all be gone, mm-hmm. right? Like, so that, that was the thing that struck me sitting there in this mm-hmm. most, in the most quiet place I've ever been in. Like, right. like the, just the true absence of, of noise, which is not a thing you get in the city <laughs> and I've only ever yeah. lived in, in, you know, right. Urbanish places. And, um, and I just like, remember like weeping, looking out over mm. these canyons and thinking, I'm just like, I'm just lucky. Yeah. I'm just lucky to be here to like, look at this because by whatever twist of fate, like I happen to be born in this moment. And, um, and it just really like, it took me to this place, which normally like nature was always my, like, I'm going to go find God in this space. Right. And this was the flip of that. It was very much like, like, I don't need God to explain this. Like, and and actually I feel like this is better. uh, It's better experienced than explained. Right. Like it's better for me to just sit here and, and soak in the awe of what I'm, my senses are taking in, mm-hmm. um, than to try and attribute it to a, a personal deity that I've always been taught is there for me, right. and um, and it was a little sh- like it shook me a little bit, but it also was like secretly at the time I I told I remember I came back from it and I started to tell one person and I saw the like mm-hmm. worry in right. their face as I was like saying. I'm 
way. Yeah, I was like, and it was kind of okay that yeah. God wasn't there. And they're like, <gasps> and I was like, oh, I better not, right. you know, better not share that. So I kept right. that to myself for a long time. But that really, that was kind of the seeds of a lot of my <laughs> ultimate apostasy, I guess, mm-hmm. like where, where, why I'm here. And um, I don't know, I guess it really does, it, it, it's as simple as that. It's let's experience this rather than explain it. Yeah. That's what it is. I really like it when you talk and I know what I'm going to say next already. And then I listen to you talk and then I go. <laughs> 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 and you, you get three words. I don't know if I was asking what to it. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, we're going to cry again. And it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. I just like that you give me the space to like talk through this go. stuff and figure go. figure yeah. it out myself because again external processor i don't even know I what the fuck it. i think and feel until i say it out loud well, with someone so but here's my thing here's my thing that i alluded to that i was going to say before which is if i could summarize what he then has done for me um in that 50 episodes it is that it has taught me that i don't give a shit about what i know why and that is exactly the thing because i feel like that's true i feel like you started this asking what do i think about god what do i believe what is my identity as a person Mm -hmm. a spiritual person an apostate a heathen what are the words around that what is the structure what is that and like i feel like the more people we talk to the more oriented I am, is like, I just don't fucking care what, like, yeah. I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care what you do to engage God because I understand why. Mm-hmm. I understand why we ask this question. I understand, I mean, not on a, like a, a oh, I totally get it level, <laughs> right. but we ask it because it it matters because we're drawn towards something because yes. there is a compulsion to move toward meaning, to move toward something bigger to move toward origin to move toward source to move toward understanding to move toward empathy and that why that to move toward loving well to move toward um living morally to Mm -hmm. to move toward leaving the world better than we found it and that why is the common thread i think in everybody that we've talked to no matter what their religion is no matter what their deconstruction story is that why is the 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 commonality that why is the anchor and it's it continues to baffle me and it's why i'm not afraid in that conversation when people are like how can you do this thing this this what you do how can you do that and i'm like it's it's not scary yeah because you'll understand why like when i explain to you why i do this why and i do it because the question matters, yeah. which is the same reason that you go to church every Sunday. Yeah. I do it because knowing who God is is something I don't think I will ever fully get to, but it still matters to me to ask the question, yeah. you know, and that's the same why, you yeah. know, and it's uh, because I feel something when I when I lean into trying to understand these things and talking about them, talking about the Enneagram and talking about relationships, talking about all these things, uh, because I feel closer to something Mm -hmm. which is the same why that you go and do worship and do it like Mm -hmm. it's the same it's the heart the same it's the same goddamn thing (laughs) at the center of it and um i love that i do it because that why is uh, very clearly the the community space that it makes 
the the why the what the community is i don't know what do you call it we heathens whatever sure like sure it's an arbitrary title but the why Mm -hmm. is is so obvious and um that's just been that's changed for me how i approach almost everything in my life because i just don't bother so much with what like what your behavior was what your thing what was the thing you did that pissed me off what was the blah 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 like i don't care and that, that's the gift of the diversity of the people that we've talked to and all the different ways we believe and practices that we bring right. to the table. It's yeah. like in every single one of them, there's been value that right. we found and like resonance. Yep. Because it is, you're right. It's not about the what. It's it the why. Totally and about it's why always we're a more compelling it. question, even on like the, like the most basic level. Like, where did you get your cardigan <laughs> is less interesting than why did you choose that cardigan? We're both wearing like, fabulous we cardigans we're very right cozy because it's like, you know, 60 degrees in San Diego Burr. instead of 80. So we're dying. But, you know, it's just, it, it has, it, I think he then has helped me learn to ask questions because I was not great at asking Mm, questions and I think mostly just because I felt like I always had to ask about what yeah and now like (laughs) it's real easy to just go straight for the why all the time okay why are you here (laughs) I love it it's it's the best it's my favorite thing and I feel like the the other thing that like the other bullet point that I have been able to add to that if I have to give an answer for like, why do you do it? Like, mm-hmm. why is why is spirituality still the thing? And I'm like, it's what we've been talking about with the whole eldership and mentorship thing. It's like because it's like not even just the there there is there is a sense of responsibility because of what I've been yeah, through completely. and like and 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 because I've been through what I've been through and seen how community works. Like, I feel a, a sense of responsibility and mm-hmm. accountability to the community. It's like right. there, that is there, but also even more than that, it's just like. It's such a beautiful, wonderful, like joy and life-giving thing mm-hmm. for me. Anytime I'm able to just like be the mirror, be the yeah. reflection to somebody when someone resonates with part of my story. Right. You get to say, yeah, me too. Yeah. It's like, yep. even on the days when I'm like, Ugh, I, cause I do still have the days when I'm like, oh, fuck the whole thing. I don't like, like right. religion's gross and I don't even want to like gather in any kind of organized way and all this stuff. It's like. I still, sh- I sh- that, like, that is a big reason for showing up. Yep. It's because someone else is going to be the two years. They're two years. Started yesterday. It just started yesterday. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and man, that's a glorious thing to see and be a part of. Right. And what a privilege it is to get to be the person who says to somebody, hey, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like we've been, we've been down that road. We've been at the day one of the two-year arc, and, like, two years will go by. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a thing that happens. And, like, what – I am baffled every day by the extraordinary privilege that is to get to to just have the opportunity. That's it. That's mostly all it is most of the time in those conversations, too. Yeah. It's just like, hey, you know, yep, mm-hmm. you're not the first person. You mm-hmm. won't be the last. Yeah. And we've got cookies. <laughs> you can totally sit with us, and it's going to be fine. And yes. that, but that's just like what a privilege to get to be the person standing, you know, at the the bottom of the avalanche yeah. who gets to pick somebody up and dust them off and be like, okay, come on over. Mm-hmm. And there's hot chocolate in the corner. Oh, I love it. It's great. It's, it's my favorite thing. Glad y'all are here with us, heathens. Yeah, we like you. Thank you for doing this with us. Thanks for hanging in there for 50 episodes. Whew. That's good stuff. Oh, and man. hopefully just the start of 50 more. We've got yeah. 
We've awesome. got another yeah. season coming. We do. Like great stuff already lined up mm-hmm. and new ideas and new energy. We've been admittedly a little uh, scattered this year, especially the back half of this a year. A few things going on. You know, we got we had a wedding, we had a marriage, we, we've had you and your, your Karen, your burgeoning music career. Like we've got things going on. Just like years going all over the place. Yeah, but we have we're making some changes and yep. like we're gonna be like sharing space like workspace mm-hmm. together and it's gonna be good like we've got we've got more stuff coming so changes we've got a valentine that Ooh, i'm so excited the about the valentine's, valentine's episode. day date is like my dreams yeah. come true um so it's gonna be good season yeah. what season are we on now it'll be four i guess season four is coming i guess does that mean this is it like we're wrapping up our yeah let's wrap up i think it's right. december this is the we're end sitting of here three. right now it's it's friday the 13th in december <laughs> i forgot and it's a full moon ish yeah and which are all bad things according to the patriarchy i think um mm. but yeah so we're gonna we're gonna peace out i think for the holidays and then come back sometime early next year yeah um, in the meantime, if you are going home or not going home, if you are doing something different than you've done before, if this is your first holiday on your own or uh, your first holiday on your own, yeah. <laughs> whatever the uh, the appropriate inflection is there, um, whatever that is um, and wherever that takes you, Everything that we just talked about still applies. You're not alone. Yeah. You're not the first or the last. If you are having awkward conversations, if you don't fit where you used to fit, if you are angry, all of those things, we've got a club of humans who have been there, who know yeah. how that feels, and um, are just with you in the complicated tangle that the holidays can be. Yeah. So... If you're coming out, if you're not coming out, <laughs> if you need to stay in for just a little, you know, one one more holiday. Yeah. Um, if you have to go back in for one more holiday. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, we're here for you and with you and part of it with you. Um, yeah. And, and just in little ways, there there are ways that, that you can, like, find actual, like, communication and support and help through yep. Heathen. So, Absolutely. I mean the first being just email us like we respond we don't get so many emails yet that i get we, them on my phone now oh you do <laughs> yeah, great it's good. really good and we respond to those we like do. um and then uh i know i you know shat upon facebook earlier in this conversation <laughs> but the one place on facebook that is uh, still super helpful and, and great and wonderful are the our groups facebook groups yeah. are, are really cool and we have one uh a a what is it it's not secret it's private it's private private group yeah, well, so, it is, it is oh, also it is secret. secret. So you have to email That's us right, or yeah. message one of us on Facebook to get an invite, mm-hmm. um, which you can do. Shoot us yeah. your email and we will invite you however you want to get in there. And that's just so if it's a private group, um, people can still there's a there's a reason why it's secret It's basically yeah. just so we can make sure that like nobody's in there to create mayhem. It's yeah. to protect the people who are and, there. And then, yeah, for you as well, because like no one will see that you're in a group called the heathen huddle right, which is exactly. what it's called it by doesn't way. show up yeah um it's so if you if you're not comfortable with people knowing where you are in your journey right. or your exploration or the questions you're asking like this is a place you can do that and yeah. and be assured that 
and that's not just us in there. That's a lot of the, our yep. past guests, past a lot guests, of our, listeners. our experts and buddies and yeah. all kinds of people who have been there. And, you know, people are, are on there and, mm-hmm. and ready to a chat. Lot, yeah, a lot of them very willing to yep. engage and have conversations. Yep. So. You can go back and listen to all 50 of the past <laughs> even episodes that's if you right. like. Um if you need to get out of a conversation quickly, feel free to use us as conversational, <laughs> like, I don't know, bombs to throw into the middle of your holiday yeah. dinner table and just be like, hey, on Heathen, I heard this thing and see what happens there and tell them <laughs> they can email us too. That's fine. We'll and take the bullet for you. If you're listening to this episode because someone dropped the bomb at your family, it's <laughs> your family holiday and you're like, what is that? Welcome. <laughs> you can totally sit with us too. We love you. We like you and we probably have the same why. Um, <laughs> all belongs um let's see what other what other holiday engagement things well we've got instagram too so you can always mm-hmm. message us on instagram yeah. we get those notifications so anyway listen we're pretty much around is what yeah. it comes down to so um we, we care about this space and the people who are engaged in the conversation a lot so yep and this is a time of year where we absolutely like don't hesitate to reach out because you know what i'm going to be at home for a couple of weeks sitting in my parents house and frankly like yeah i'm going to need some things to do every once in a while so feel free to message me and we can chat perfect that'll be great karen it's been a pleasure it's been lovely matthew blake love good (laughs) am i allowed to use your last name yeah you are my my quote-unquote stage name will always be matthew blake but yeah yeah, we did we did pick a fun last name it's real nice i like our last name love good it's real nice hey when we come back next season can we talk about your makeup journey yeah girl great because i'm excited about it yeah i've been thinking about how i want to like really um deconstruct that whole thing and and talk about it because there's there's stuff to talk about (laughs) in there talk about oh and just your whole experiencing of like the female movement of the world (laughs) and how validated i've been by that whole process can we talk about that too i can't grow my nails out because i can't play guitar ladies i cannot tell you how wonderful these conversations are he's just like i took my spanks off i'm like i have never loved you more than i love you in this moment because you are validating every experience i've had um so season four Mm. validation absolutely